Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women's in the ring. Um, she hadn't seen action for over uh, 
almost like 10 months because she just had her second baby. She's actually married to Tony Yoka, the light uh, heavyweight from from France. So she's starting to go up the ranks. She's starting to build up a little bit on the 135 pounds. So hopefully we get to see a little bit more of her um, uh, in the in the near future. On Saturday, September 26th in Denmark, Dina Torsland defended her 122-pound WBO title. Scores there were 190 and 189 two times. And in Kobe, Japan, the same night, Mika Iwakawa scored a split decision over Nane Suzuki in a 10-rounder in the 102-pound category uh, for the WBO title. Uh, the split decision was 97-93 and 96-94 for Iwaka, Iwakawa, I'm sorry, and 97-93 for, uh, uh, for uh, Suzuki. And last, uh, on October 4th, this past Sunday, from England and on the zone here in the United States, Chantel Cameron scored a lopsided unanimous decision over Adriana Dos Santos Arajo in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC 140-pound title. Scores there were 193 times. Chantel Cameron uh, kept her, kept her uh, undefeated record. Adriana Dos Santos Arajo came in with, uh, with a... Uh, with a little bit of an amateur pedigree, I believe she was an Olympian for Brazil, but she was overweight for this fight. She didn't make the weight, so she wasn't available. She wasn't able to win the world title. She would have won the fight. It would have stayed vacant, but it, it didn't really matter. Cameron was able to control the, the fight the whole time. David, what did you think of, the, of, the, of Cameron's performance in the fight? Uh, I thought she showed a pretty good poise, and uh, she was able to change up a little bit. Uh, that was the first time I actually seen her go 10 rounds. I'd seen, like, clips of her. But uh, I like what she did. Uh, she she had good movement. Um, she's pretty skilled, very skilled fighter. What is your What are your thoughts, Lupi? You know, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw bits and pieces of it. I mean, yeah, her movement's really nice. I didn't, you know, I'm sorry I didn't get to see the whole thing. And I heard, uh, like, Adriana, at first I thought, oh, this is going to be easy for her. And then I heard Adriana had all this, this amateur background. I was thinking, okay, maybe this will be more competitive. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't. You know, and what I saw is, you know, I mean, Chantel, she uh, dominated. I didn't get to see the, um, you know, I didn't get to see the, the her wardrobe malfunction. Did that have anything to do with her mindset, you think? Well, maybe for a round. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, around. Okay. She was always she was always tugging at those at the at the at that top that straps on the top. They were very thin. I mean, there's. I was actually watching the fight and I was uh, texting with someone and I said, you know, I never seen a, a female fighter wear that type of a, a top because it didn't seem like a sports bra or anything like that, and it looked very dangerous. And at least in Mexico and the United States, in the female fights that I've seen. They require the female fighters to wear um, protector on top. You know, sometimes it's like a plastic cup, but I don't think she was wearing anything like that. Um, the the Brazilian Adriana dos Santos Arajo. So, so yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty. Uh, I pray it basically stole the 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 fight. The the whole issue with with her top. Now, one thing yeah. that I did notice after the fight 
is that Cameron, um, can you check the message, Lupi? I have a question for you. Uh, your message on, on Facebook. Um, okay. One thing that I did uh, notice after the fight is that Cameron mentioned that she that she uh, would love to fight Katie Taylor, but that Katie Taylor never mentions her. And one thing that, I mean, the opponent, the Brazilian, Dos Santos, wasn't that much of a challenge um, to me because she wasn't really bringing much to the table. So I wasn't able to see a lot of Cameron or what she does very well. It looks like she's very found. She's very found, found uh, uh, technically. She's a very good boxer, but nothing jumped out of me, David, of that she could do very, very well. She does everything very well, but nothing jumped out that she does exceptionally. Like she, she doesn't really have super quick hands. Her her foot movements not doesn't seem exceptional. Very, very good, but not exceptional. It um she didn't seem to have exceptional punching power. So do you think um do you think that she can compete with uh, Katie Taylor as far as, as boxing because because if you're going to outbox Katie Taylor, you have to be a superb boxer unless you brawl it out like McCaskill did and almost beat her. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think uh, that speed factor, uh, Katie's just a couple of notches faster. Um, to me, uh, Chantel would have to uh, do something to stop that speed and I mean maybe go to the body uh, that's one way but uh, other than that uh, Katie just has that speed that she yeah. just can't match and I didn't even have to go that far I mean pursuing in those two fights didn't try to outbox Katie Taylor she tried to outfight her and outbrawl her and many people saw her win the first fight and the second fight was very very close as well so Chantel Cameron you know I mean not that I wouldn't like to see it, but I just don't know if she is good enough to be able to compete with Katie Taylor at this point. So we'll see what happens. Now, Katie Taylor, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but she is staying at least for her next fight in 135 pounds. But we'll see if she ends up moving up to 140 and look to challenge Cameron for that WBC world title. Now, with us, from Australia, and I think I believe in, and correct me if I'm wrong, David and Lupi, but I believe that our next guest is our first guest from Australia. I don't think we ever had anybody from Australia before, from down under. I don't think right? so either. No. And this, the well, this is the, Ebony is the one to have. Yeah, there you go. So I don't, I wanted to announce her, but you let the cat out of the bag, uh, Lupi. So with us now, <laughs> all the way from Australia. From the Southern Hemisphere is none other than Miss Ebony Bridges. Let me bring her on right now. Ebony, how you doing? Uh, well, your your afternoon, our night. Yeah, hey, going, guys. Good. Hey. Thank you for being good, with good. us. Okay. Yes, we can hear you great. Thank you for being with us. Your first time here in the two-minute round. Hopefully, it's not the last. And my name is Felipe Leon. With us is David Avila and Lupe Gutierrez. And just to give you a little bit of how we work it, David's going to start off the questions, then he's going to pass it off to Lupi, and then I'm going to finish finish off, okay? So I'm going to pass the baton to Mr. David Avila. David, go right ahead. Ebony, welcome to our show. I really appreciate uh, talking to you. How are things down there in uh, Australia? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, you know, it's, we're, we're coming into summer, so we've got the nice warm weather. 
Um, you know, obviously I'm getting ready for this fight, so you know I'm excited, locked and loaded, and um, yeah, just you know putting my head down and training hard, and yeah, that's it. You know, um, it's good. Where in uh, New South Wales do you live? I live in like pretty much the Sydney Sydney suburbs. Oh, okay. And what's the boxing uh, uh, atmosphere like in uh, Sydney? Uh, yeah, it's um, you know, the whole of Australia is it's 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 not nothing like you know America or the UK. Um, I would say that there's probably other states and cities that are are bigger with combat sports than than my state and my city. Um, definitely, I feel like. If anything, our our state, New South Wales, is probably the most behind with combat sports. And so how did you get involved in boxing? What was the enticement? Besides wanting to bash people up. (laughs) (laughs) Besides that. Um, No, I I started combat, like, forms of combat sports when I was really young. I started, like, I did Kempo, Karate when I was five, did that for years, and um, and then, yeah, you know, my teens, I dabbled in some kickboxing and Muay Thai training. And, you know, I was always a big fan of, of boxing, watching boxing and watching kickboxing, anything combat sports. I've always really liked, you know, um, combat sports ever since I was young. So, yeah, and I just, um, it just you know, everything led into, you know, another thing. I, uh, in Australia, we weren't actually allowed to fight. Women weren't allowed to fight until 2008 in combat sports, um, except for, like, one state which it was all modified anyway. Um, so I used to actually be a card girl because I would love the fights so much that I like to just be at the fights and be ringside and be around all the boxing and the, and the fighting. So um, I was a card girl for about 10 years and then it became legal and I was like, all right, let's do this. And, um, and um, yeah, I mean, I was bodybuilding. It's, 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 it's a long story really, but, yeah, pretty much I it, it mm-hmm. kind of led on from one thing to another. And, yeah, I just... Did it because I like it, I suppose. Who was the first female fighter that you recognized or, or saw and and said, I want to be like that person? Lucia Riker. Oh, okay. So you were familiar with her while she was fighting or was it after she was fighting? Uh, probably towards the end. Because she was a kickboxer, so I was really big into kickboxing um, oh, when I was younger. Like Kickboxing was... was yeah, well, I mean, I was in boxing, but I mean, cause I don't know what it's like overseas, but in Australia, and you'll probably see it a lot, like, um, that a lot of uh, female boxers came from kickboxing, because kickboxing was more, fem- not, not feminine, but more females in kickboxing, like, Sierra Riker was a kickboxer, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the girls were kickboxers before they were boxers, so it just True. seemed to be um, a thing that a lot of the girls, that it was more natural for me to watch the girls in kickboxing and things like, you know, um, than boxing. In boxing, I watched the men. You know, but um, yeah. So I think that's where that came from. Um, big fan of obviously Anne Wolf as well. Um, and I love Melissa Hernandez. Loved Melissa Hernandez. You know, um, back in the in two thousands. You know, so oh, we're still into that. But you know what I mean, like early earlier two thousands. But yeah, so. Well, so you you pretty much followed for a while then. Yeah, I was a huge boxing fan. Like since I was young. Um, we used to have all the DVDs, get all the DVDs. Um, back then, we didn't have YouTube. But, yeah, no, definitely, I know my boxing. <laughs> What's the female boxing world like in Australia? Is there is is it pretty uh, 
Is it pretty quiet or is it very sparse? Or is it hard to find uh, other female boxers? Yeah, I, I mean, it's growing. You know, like I only just, I only started, I had my first amateur of a boxing fight in like the end of 2016. So I've only been boxing for two, like four years, like competing. Um, and in those times, in that four years, I would say the last year or two, especially the last year or so, um, there seems to be a lot more, last two years, a lot more um, female fighters. Um, like up until just recently, obviously because of COVID um, and a lot of the amateurs turning, deciding to turn pro, I was like, there was like one other girl in my whole state that I could, that I could name that was a pro boxer. So, yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, like, I mean, I can probably name in my state, like, maybe three now, <laughs> you know, and, and pro boxes, um, and some of them, you know, uh, actually maybe maybe four, you know, but it's all different weight classes. Uh, um, there's Up in Queensland, there's a lot more because combat sports have been around a lot longer up there, especially for women. Oh, I see. And yep. when you when you spar, do you have to spar just with primarily men? Yeah, I like sparring with men. Um, it's really, I, I enjoy sparring with men. Like I can really lay into them, and um, and they keep me honest. So um, yeah, I like sparring men, and and um, the girls are good as well. But I like to mix it up. Really, it's just I don't care as long as I'm punching someone. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <I like it. laughs> so so tell us how is it that you that you uh, Signed up with uh, with split team management. How did that come about? Oh, so um, last year, um, so 2019, I had my pro debut in February, and um, I actually snapped my ankle in that fight in the, in the first 10 seconds of that fight. I fought on one, um, but I had to have I had eight months off where I couldn't train or get back into boxing. So, and I didn't want to be stagnant. Um, I don't believe in standing still and um, you know, wasting time. So I figured, well, I, obviously once I got out of my crutches and my boot, I thought, you know, I want to get out of Australia. My goal, my goal from when I started as a pro wasn't to box in Australia. I never wanted to, I knew the scene wasn't big in Australia. I knew it wasn't money in Australia. I just knew that it's not where I wanted to be. Um, I love boxing so much. I'm, I'm before, a, before a fighter, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of boxing, you know. Um, you can, mm-hmm. you know, you see my interviews and me talking, I'll, I can, I'll talk about boxing forever. But, um, so I was like, you know, I want to go to, I want to go to America. I want to go to the fights. I want to meet people. Um, so that's pretty much what I did. I just went over to the fights and um, networked and um, went to some gyms and put, you know, put my face out there. And um, yeah, and I, I happened to, you know, come across um, David and, and Brian, Brian Cohen. I had contact with Brian. Um, I had contact with some other managers as well. But yeah, I ended up. Um, signing with Split T because uh, obviously I had some really good meetings with um, David McWhorter. He's really, really respected and he's a really intelligent man. And um, then also when I found out he was joining forces with Brian Cohen, who's, you know, is a big, big name in women's boxing, you know, especially in America. uh, um, I thought, wow, this is just perfect. Like it's literally a match made in heaven. So yeah. And then that was it, you know, just. Uh, What was it like despite? Describe your first fight in uh, in America. What was it like for you? Well, I came over all by myself. Um, I didn't. I it was the first time actually. Um, I came over three weeks before my fight, and um, I came over and 
went with Brian to Philadelphia and that was the first time I'd ever met Brian and, and I trained with Danny Davis in Philadelphia first time I met um, Danny I didn't bring my coach over I came all by myself because of expenses and stuff like that so um, you know I came into this country that you know and, and put all my trust into Brian and Danny and um, trained there and you know it was very different but I was really excited you know I just thought this is what I said like you know a year ago and pretty much when I broke my ankle, I said, you know, I've got to do something and I want to fight in America, so let's make it happen. And, you know, it, 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 it happened, you know, I made it happen. And, um, and I was, yeah, it was, it was cool. I love the training. I love the training in America, you know, the quality of sparring and, and that is just another level, you know? So, um, I was blessed to have, be able to have that and have Brian and Danny look after me while I was there. Um, like anything, you know, um, there's always ups and downs in camps and, and on fight nights, but um, I embrace it all and it's all experience. And I just, I was just so privileged and to be able to fight on an amazing card, which I think I had like five or six female fights. And also with all the, a lot of the girls mm-hmm. I look up to, you know, like that I, that I really appreciate um, at the moment in, in you know, current fighters, like, you know, Melissa Seville, Mary McGee, um, you know, there was Christina Lindau, like, you know, to be able to be on a card with these girls who, like, I've been, like, watching over the last few years was just, it was so amazing for me. You know, that was probably the best experience for me. I thought, wow, like, look at this. Like, I get to be on this card with all these these amazing women, you know, um, and that was just a privilege for me. So that was really exciting. But, yeah. And then you fought Oh, excuse me. Uh, you, you fought somebody pretty good, too. I mean, Crystal Oy is a pretty yeah. experienced fighter. What was that like, fighting yeah. somebody, an American fighter who knew her way around the ring? Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, um, you know, you know, even here, like, in, in, in Australia, like, the the fighters, like, say, Crystal in Australia, like, it's just levels. It's just levels. You know what I mean? Um, and I knew that she'd have a lot of experience, Um and she came in quite heavy. She came in five pounds over, um, you know. So I was dealing with that, and I, I was, it was just learning for me as well because I hadn't gone past three rounds. So I had to also, you know, that was my first six rounder, and um, wow. working with someone that was also patient. You know, she was patient because she's always been really experienced as well. I learned heaps from that fight. I probably learned more from that fight than all of my other fights, obviously. But and you know, every fight I'm going to learn more and more. But um. Yeah, that was that was good. You know, I thought it was really good what I what I gained from that fight. Um, and from Crystal, she was she's an awesome chick too. After you know, like you know, I was appreciative of her and um, a really really cool down to earth um, lady. So you know, it was good. It was good. Good fight. She's tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, thank you. I'm gonna pass you. I'm gonna pass you on to Loopy. Loopy. Oh, cool. That's, thanks. Ebony, thank hi. You. Hey, Lucy. Hey, it's great to speak with you. Hey, huge yeah. congratulations on being signed by Matchroom. Thank you. Yeah. Exciting yeah, stuff. I love that. So, Ebony, I've been watching your Twitter from the day that you the day you made that first post saying, hey, I'm on Twitter. Let's see how many followers I can get. And it didn't take <laughs> yeah. you very long to get to 10,000. I mean, I yeah. saw that happen. Eight weeks. <laughs> Eight weeks. Eight weeks. It, I, it was, yeah, I, I really got a kick out of that. You know, you just yeah. told David that. You told David, I made it happen. You know, I'm on yeah. social media a lot, and I saw you interacting with every person who made a comment on your post. I mean, you really took advantage. There was 
uh, opportunity out of the COVID crisis, and you really took yeah, advantage definitely. of that. You know, you once you had your fan base, I mean, you had a nice foundation, and it was like you had your your own army. You know, I know yeah. you reached out to Eddie Hearn, and so did your yeah. fans. It, it was absolutely oh, incredible. It was incredible. So elaborate. Tell us what happened during lockdown. So the whole Twitter thing came about very similar to, like, the whole American thing. Um, I, I was I was in uh, – after my fight, I came home. After my fight in America in February, I came home for, like, a week. Or it was 10 days. And I just had this urge. I'm like, you know what? I just have this urge. I need to go and watch this Fury Wilder fight. Like, I, I know I was just there, but I'm just going to go back because I just want to see this fight. Um, and I just thought I saw it as a good opportunity, you know. Um, so I went there and I just I saw the crazy crowd, you know, the, the British the British fans everywhere. And I and I hadn't really seen that in life before. Like I've been to a few fights in America, but not with the British not with a British fighter like Fury with their fans. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's incredible. Like I'm literally all I'm seeing is Brits everywhere, and they're absolutely crazy. And I thought I I want these fans, right? And um, I was talking to someone. Um, Patrick Killian, who's you might know him, he's an artist from 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 the UK, and he paints a lot of amazing art um, of fighters. And I ran into him, and I was like, "Hey man, like I'm a big fan of your art, like blah blah blah." And he was like, "Dude, you should get on Twitter." Cause I said, "I want to come and fight in, in the UK." And he said, "Man, get on Twitter, like." And I'm like, "Twitter? No one uses Twitter because no one in Australia uses Twitter. Like, it's not a thing really in Australia." Um, and I didn't even know how to use it. I'm like, I've had it for like ever, but I've literally never used it. Um, so, yeah, I got on there and, and, you know, after, like I said, after seeing that fight and seeing the fans, I'm like, okay, well, this is what i got to do to, you know, get noticed in the UK, then all right, let's do this. <laughs> and I was just, and I literally just was myself. I just posted, you know, said what I wanted on there and swore and posted whatever I wanted. Like, I just be me, you know, um, because I just think that I, I, I just, I want people to, you know, like me for me or, or, or whatever. And, um, yeah, we were in COVID and I had time because I wasn't working and I wasn't traveling mm-hmm. like four hours of training, training a day, <laughs> you know, cause I'm back and forth, yeah. like, you know, training, I, I waste a lot of time in travel. So it was just, it was, it was easy to do it. And, um, you know, the, you know, like the people on, and I love that about Twitter and because I'm such a boxing fan, I didn't even know. I was like, where the hell have I been? Like, I can't believe I haven't been on Twitter. Like, there's so much boxing conversation. Like, I just mm-hmm. love talking boxing. So I was like, I get to interact with people that actually, like, I'm sure there's casuals, but that's still a lot of boxing, like, legit boxing fans that know their boxing. I thought, this is so good. Like, I'm not talking to people that are going to come and tell me Mayweather's going to, um, McGregor's going to beat Mayweather. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm talking yeah. to, like, people that know boxing. And it was awesome because... Um, I could have these, like, real intelligent, intelligent conversations about boxing, which I love. I can bo- talk boxing forever. And um, and as you know, like, I love – I just love meeting people. I love talking to people. I love learning. And um, and I think that's what I love about Twitter as well, that, you know, you get to interact with people around the world and learn about people and learn about other places and anything, really. And um, I, I, I thrive off that. And um, it just so happened that, you know, the, the Brits took – uh, like adopted me or took you know took me under their reins and was like we want mm-hmm. to see the bomber you know and and they pushed it and um, I didn't even I've never even like called anyone out I've never even really like at, at the start I was tagging Eddie, Eddie Hearn in, all the promoters really in everything because I thought okay guys come on, you got to get me noticed so I was just tagging them mm-hmm. um, just a hassle because I thought you know you want something you got to be persistent you know you can't just give up yeah. and, and be embarrassed or be shy to I don't want to annoy them I don't give a fuck it is. Uh, you know, like, sorry, yeah. 
I, you know, like too bad. Like, you know, I want something. I'm going to get it and I'm going to have to until I get it. And then it got to a point where I didn't even need to do it anymore because everyone was just doing it for me. I'm like, I'm going to just sit back and you guys can just vouch for me. You know what I mean? And you call the fighters out for me and, and you do it all for me. You know, it's, it's like, my, you know, exactly like my little army, you know, and um, I, I, I love my fans so much. Like I really do like generally appreciate them. Um, so, you know, I think they know that as well because, I'm out out there for it. So, yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. Set a goal. Be here. You want to fight in the UK? And here I am fighting in the UK. Making it happen. And, that's what I do. And because it's Twitter and social media, I mean, you have tons of fans. I mean, we're in California. And we're sharing your stuff. Yeah. So you're all over the place. I mean, I saw it. You were up to being interviewed by anybody. I mean, you took, you were on interviews by small and big. I mean, and, yeah. You know what? I mean, I, I obviously had the time. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and I still try and make time now for the little guys as well because you've got to start somewhere. And I love helping people out. And, you know, you start somewhere and people really appreciate that, you know. And I just love helping people be successful. I love helping people, you know, be better. That's just how I am, you know. And if I've got the time, I'll do it. I always try my hardest. I'm, I'm you know, I, I came, you know, from where I came from, you know, like it, you you got to remember, you know, you were there once, you know, and, and you're always going to be kind of there. Like, for me, I'm always going to be at a, at a lower point to where I want to be. And I'm going to always, you know, need to be working towards getting better and, and, and maybe getting people to help me on the way up, you know. So, yeah. give back. you can't just take, 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 take. And, you know, I'm just not like that. So, yeah, that's why, I suppose. Yeah, you were just so, you were proactive. And, you know, if I saw people getting really upset with it, but they should have been doing the same thing. You did it. I know. You know? Like whatever, like give up your time. You know, I've I've always been a advocate of your priorities. You know what I mean? You sacrifice things. Like I'd sacrifice sleep because I'm talking to these people in the UK and America. You know, I'm having to get up at like three o'clock in the morning or stay up until one to do these interviews. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's just the grind, man. Like it's not always just in the human. There was here in Australia, like you know, there's only fights in one state, and we can't even get in there because of the borders are closed. So, you know, and it's been like that. Yeah. Year. So, what am I going to do? Sit back and feel sorry for myself, and just, you know, wish that I could get a fight, or wish that you know, whatever. No, like, I don't believe in sitting back and waiting for things. I believe in going and getting them, and 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 I'm been doing it my whole, you know, my whole life, and and it just proves yeah, you've got to do you, it. And 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 people, yeah. yeah. You just made you so, made good. Um, I mean, we, we, you had nothing but time, and so you made good use of that time. Yeah, and people people can talk shit about it or whatever, but I mean, like you got to do what you got to do, and and um, you know, I'm not, I wasn't really out there. I'm not hurting no one. I'm literally just mm-hmm. speaking my mind on there and being myself. And and I don't have a promoter. My man, my you know, like they don't really promote me. That their managers, not promoters. You know what I mean? My yeah. my my coach can't even write or read like English really you know what I mean so he can't be on the social media writing posts for me he, like we have to write all these posts for him he doesn't write English you know so it's just, yeah who else you know so it's you got to do what you got to do what you can do and um and you, you know um and I put that out there for everyone you know they should they should look at, at what I'm doing and instead of sitting back complaining or being jealous I, I, I feel like that, you know you should take it and use it like be mm-hmm. more like that but if it's you know what, at the same time, it's also my personality to be very chatty, my personality to be very out there and, and loving and welcoming to everyone and giving everyone the time of day and being very, like, down to earth and, and cool with people, you know. Um, 
and ma- yeah. not everyone can do that. Not everyone has that personality where they can just chat or, or hold a conversation about anything yeah. or not be insulted. You know what I mean? Not everyone can do it. Yeah. So and, and for me, it just media, comes so... It's an art form. Yeah, well, to you me, know? it comes just so naturally. Like, I'm not even... It comes so naturally. Like, I don't even try. I just... I just get mm-hmm. on there and say what I want when I want, and it just naturally helps. So I suppose I'm blessed with that, um, you know. But even I suppose if you're not, you should attempt it or try. Don't just sit back and say mm-hmm. you can't. Don't sit back and yeah. say I don't like that shit or I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm a boxer and I just got to do the gym. No, because guess what? There's a lot more to boxing than the skill in the, especially professional boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't know that, then I don't know. Like, are you, like, do you know boxing? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's a career, it's a business. Like, it's that's all it, it is. is. Like, it's not. It isn't. It isn't. When you open up a, a cafe or a shop, you don't just sit back and wait for customers to come in. You go out and get them by promoting. You go out and you know mm-hmm. pull things up and spend money. You spend money and invest in your business. And you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, businesses take yeah. years, years to build, but you can't. You got to keep grinding. You got to not sleep. You got to, you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, you know, so you said, you mentioned about people talking shit. So let's talk that. So yeah, tell us about the sock thing. And I'm bringing this up because I've seen your critics. I've seen people want to turn this into something in poor taste. So you tell us what it was. <laughs> What, what, oh, just, I get inboxes all the time for people, guys, wanting to buy pictures on my feet or socks, dirty socks. <laughs> and I just, like, like I, I, I was just like, this is so gross. You guys are so weird. Like, what the hell? You know, and, and like, I'll joke with my mates, like, look at this shit. And they're like, I can't believe you get that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's serious. So just one day as a joke, I literally, with my friends, I reply and I'm like, fuck it. I'll just tell them, like... 500 pounds if they want my socks. Like, you know, like as if they're going to say yes. But I just thought I would just to get up. She goes, you should just reply. I'm like, all right. We make a joke. And he's like, all right. No worries. What's your PayPal? Or like, I don't know. He's like, oh, you know, um, how do I pay you? And I'm like, um, well, I don't know. Like, like, how would you pay me? He's like, PayPal. I'm like, okay. Yep. No worries. And then I was like, I can't believe it. I, and they sent me my address. And like, I'm a good person. Where I'm genuine. Like, I'm not going to just take your money. Like, I would go, fuck, now I need to fucking send these socks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and then, so I did it. And, um, yeah, I sent these socks off to, to the UK. And then I just thought, like, it's funny. I go, my followers are going to love these. Like, this is so funny. Like, I didn't, like, why? I didn't expect it to blow up like that. I just thought it was funny. Like, I just wanted to make a joke. Like, I love my UK fans. Like, you guys are literally buying socks for 500, like, $1,000. Like, 500 pounds. You know, um, and then it just blew up, which I, you know, wasn't expecting. But, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, and then I got heaps more customers, and I made about six grand in a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks. A couple of, oh, about, my about God. Six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah. We're, and I was selling, like, business. I know. I only sold, like, I only sold a couple of socks, like three pairs of socks. But one sock I sold, <laughs> one pair of socks I sold for $2,500. Oh, my God. Oh, I, my God. Yep. And and I I was selling I was selling pictures of my socks on the floor, not even on my feet, just dirty socks on the oh floor. Oh my god! For like a hundred dollars and a hundred and fifty dollars. Like I mean, like I said in the post, hashtag easy money. I'm not even selling my feet, and now like pictures of my actual <laughs> naked feet. It's just socks on the floor, and I'm like, like 
people can bitch and moan and whatever and make it what it is, but mate, it's it's like it's dumb, like as if you wouldn't, <laughs> like you know, if that you, could, is you would, incredible. like. I, you know, if you could, you would. Mind you, it's going to be quiet now, I think, because I haven't been posting jokes about it. But um, yeah. hopefully this maybe starts, you know, drum the business up again. But um, <laughs> And you know what the funny thing is? It just gives something for my fans to have a joke about with me. You know, like we yeah. have a joke now, mm-hmm. like about, so it's just funny. Like it's just, it's all in good humour and, and um, yeah, like and, and, and literally it's just a transaction for me. They want a picture, I say, here you go, there's no chat, chit-chat, I send them my paper, if you want it, there you go, no worries, thanks, <laughs> here's your picture. You know what, I'm glad, you, I'm glad I asked you that, and I'm glad you put it out, because I can't believe it's more incredible of a story than I thought, because you made 6,000 in socks, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> socks and socks, <laughs> like, 31, oh. I love it. <laughs> Oh my God, that's great! I mean, okay, honestly, I like I said, who needs fans? Who needs only fans? Like I don't even need to show my skin. Like it's a sock on the floor. Oh yeah, it's so great. I'm smart. Do you know, what? I don't know if you've noticed by now, but I'm pretty intelligent. <laughs> you know? Yes, are you pre- you are <laughs> behind that you know? beautiful blonde face. Yeah, that's it. That's hey, it. so Ebony, so Ebony, I know you're with Brian and Split Tea. I was listening to yeah. um, one of your interviews maybe a couple months ago. And um, and I heard you say, it was probably two months ago, sometime, somewhere around that. And it said, you said, and I knew you were with Brian and Slatee, and, and you had said that you were talking to other promoters. Was that Matchroom at that time? No. Two months ago? Okay. No. It was, uh, it was Frank Warren. <laughs> mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... You know, it's um, I'm gonna, you know, it's a, it's a legitimate. I don't want to say criticism, it, but let's say argument. It's a legitimate argument about you having four fights and now you get a title shot. Mark yeah. Jones, he's a boxing aficionado. He just stated, if Ebony pulls this off, she'll be a superstar, which I to- I totally agree with him. So I have two questions. What do you plan to bring to Rachel? And do you agree? Is this a make-or-break you fight? I don't really think it's a make-or-break. I think it's a, definitely all make me. Um, if I win, especially if I win in, in a in a spectacular fashion, I think it will definitely make me more and show some of the disbelievers, you know, what I'm all about. I don't think it would break me. Um, I'm only four fights in. How can me being a one-time uh-huh. challenger and losing break me? You know, like, it's it's true. I am only four fights in. I haven't even gone past six rounds yet. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's you, you, you know, I'll probably cop hate and, like, all that bullshit. But I, I don't plan on mm-hmm. losing. I'm not going there to lose. Um, I plan on taking that belt. Um, I plan on bringing that power that, that you don't see. You know, um, I, I have that, and I have that aggression. Um, I know it's going to be a great fight. I know the way I fight. I, I, I believe in myself. People here, people that have seen me fight, people that have seen me spar, they know what I'm about, you know. Um, and it's just now about, you know, embracing that and doing it doing it on a big stage and fighting over the natural nerves and all that kind of stuff and doing it doing it on a night. But um, I think, you know, we were in discussion here in Australia for a, for a while about this, this belt. Um, so it's, it's really, I was always born in, with this belt because I was the one that was raised in the WBA. So mm-hmm. and I was, um, it fell, fell through, uh, negotiations fell through here with um, some shifty, shady business. And um, 
so I, um, yeah, so then, you know, and Eddie Hearn saw the opportunity as well. And obviously me being, you know, a popular in the UK, if it makes money, it makes sense, right? So um, mm-hmm. here I am. I'm going to be doing that. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I don't think it can really break me, to be honest. Um, yeah. Don't see that. But happen. it can definitely women's make boxing. Me. It can mm-hmm. definitely make me. It can definitely, yeah. definitely make me and, and show a lot of the non-believers. So I'm training my ass off. I was about to say tits off, but I'm training my ass and tits off. I'm training everything. I'm going to bring it, and um, it's going to be it's going to be exciting, you know. I, I I respect Rachel a lot. I'm not underestimating it at all. She's very well. She's very experienced. Like I said, I've only been in com- I've only been fighting combat sports for four years. But she's very experienced on me with all the kickboxing fighting background. Um, but she also hasn't been hit by the blonde bomber, and everyone has plans so they get hit. And I'm telling you that right now. So that's what I expect. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we will see. I'm excited to see. You know, you're totally, you're definitely one of a kind, you know, and I'm seeing you being criticized for it and and love for it. Yeah. You know, I, we, yeah. I deal with more amateurs and I expect them to be fairly conservative, but, you know, but when you're a pro, your personality should come out and it's time to shine. You know, I was going to yeah. ask you what you want to say to the haters or that that misunderstand you, but I already know what you're saying. But I think I'm going <laughs> to change my question and say, what do you want to say to the younger girls coming up behind you? And I'm talking, I don't know if you realize that there's, in our country and in California, there are eight, nine, and ten-year-olds by the droves that are, that, you know, when we talk about our fighters, they're all looking at you. I mean, do you, do you know that? Like, there's so many young little boxers out here. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, I've seen, I've seen some stuff of the young girls over there. Um, and I'm like, man, those girls are little machines. Like, because in Australia, you know, only one state you can start, you can box like at 10. Otherwise, you've got to wait till you're 15 to, to fight. So, you know, mm-hmm. when I see these young kids training and, and fighting like so young, I'm just like, wow, like, you know, um, I just think that, I just, I just think they're amazing, like, you know. Um, and the stages of these like young girls coming up, like, just keep grinding, keep pushing, keep striving, you know, like, to get somewhere, it takes hard work. Nothing comes easy. It really doesn't, you know, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, in, you know, boxing or anything, but, you know, you just got to keep pushing. In the amateurs, it doesn't matter about losing. What matters is the experience and improving every day, you know, and getting better every day and keeping your eye on your goal and eye on your prize, you know, um, and staying disciplined and staying focused. Like, and that's anything you want to achieve, anything. That's the key, mm-hmm. key to, you know, success, really. So, yeah, I mean, don't let anyone tell you you can't. Don't let anyone tell you that girls shouldn't box or that it's not for girls, you know, um, because it is. And, and you know, we're just as good and we're just as fierce as the men. Um, so, yeah, I you know, keep grinding. Yeah, I, I mean, I you're going to notice that you're going to notice that you're going to get a big following, little girls. We know so many little girls, and you're you're going to get that following because they're going to fall in love with you, you know? Uh, but, you know yeah, I, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yep. You know, Twitter world's different because you can get a little bit risk, more risque, and then IG, you know, there's like tears and IG. Yeah, well, you've seen, my I, I, you, you've seen my IG. Anyways, my IG's always been quite conservative. Because, it is. Because it is great. Yeah, it is conservative. And it wasn't until I got over into Twitter where I started getting the hate. Um, because I, I am conservative on, on Twitter, on Instagram, but I'm a school teacher. I've got to be pretty conservative. And, and I'm still quite conservative yeah. on Twitter with my body. 
you know, besides weigh-ins and things like that, like I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm putting myself out there really, like unless it's sports related because with my school, it can still come back on me, you know, like, so I am quite conscious of what I post, you know, it's always either, you know, like it's, it's, um, and what I post on Instagram is sometimes a little bit different, you know, like slightly. I might yeah. be you know, cover something up or whatever, and it's only because I do have, you know, um, students and that just follow me on on Instagram. And um, mm-hmm. not that it's a, it's really bad or anything like that, but um, and I can always be. I'm always like, this is part of my job. It's sports related, you know. This is my weigh-ins. This is my recovery. My sponsors, and that's it. Like. I don't put anything else that's, you know, I can totally call that it's all, it's sports specific. So it's, mm-hmm. um, I'm not too fussed, but you know, and I, I could be going and doing mad photo shoots and lingerie and having, I could be doing that, but I don't think I even need to do that. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. you know, and, and it's almost like the problem is the fact that I'm, that I am not doing all that, that I'm actually looking hot boxing and just doing my sport. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. is that the problem? Like, you know, like, can you not do that? Can you not mix them? Like, I, I don't know, like, <laughs> whatever, you know. I think if people just don't like when other people get success, that's what it is. You know, if you if you, if you are a positive person who loves to see other people um, succeed and, and, you, and you spread love, then you'll never hate on someone that's being successful or doing well for themselves. Exactly. And like you are in, in, insecure and, and don't want to try themselves, you know. Yeah. And like you said earlier, you don't even have to do it anymore because you, you can let people fight your battles for you. You don't even have to be negative Literally. anymore. You have this whole army, which is uh, which is awesome because you don't want to be yeah. the one that's always fighting, you know. And you have I've yeah, seen your yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, go ahead. No, no, sorry, I missed that. So we know you're a math teacher, and I know you've shown your students your fights. What are the reactions from both the boys and the girls? <laughs> Oh, they love it. I, I run a boxing program at school for the girls for the, um, like, the, the I've got a few different kind of programs. I have one for, like, anger management girls, the ones that get in trouble all the time. And then I've got one, um, a boxing program for the, um, like, the anxiety, shy, disengaged stuff. Oh, that's girls. Um, So those girls, they love it um, because I instill them my, my philosophy in life, you know what I mean? Be confident, be you, be real, don't give a fuck what other people think, you know, like mm-hmm. your life, your journey, you know, you just got to do your best no matter what. And um, in, in school, in the classroom, I always um, reward my kids when they do well <laughs> in exams or if they've been good with clips of me, you know, fighting and, and that, and they just love it. They all sit around and they boast to everyone, they tell their parents, you know, my teacher's a boxer and and um, they'll, some of the boys, some of the older boys will come up to me and um, they'll be like, come on, miss, let's go, like, let's spar. And I'll give them a, like, a little faint and they'll, like, shit themselves. <laughs> you know, or they'll That's say, so miss, great. so-and-so was talking shit about you saying you could bash her. And I'm like, oh, yeah, bring him over, let's go. And they go, no, 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 just joking. <laughs> That's but, yeah, like, I, I'm, yeah, like, I'm, I'm the same as I am now, like, minus, like, you know, a lot of, like, swearing and stuff but I'm the same personality you know and I push and in my classrooms um I do have a lot of the lower grades because I like working with with students that really need that push to believe in themselves and really learn you know um so a lot of the kind of lower level um math classes um because I like to also teach them that 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 life skill stuff you know and that that mentality mm-hmm. that you need to be successful and that mentality you need to to push you know and that's why I love math because with math like it's you know, if you don't get math, oh, you're dumb. Apparently, you know what I mean. Like, you know, I'm yeah. dumb. I, you know, yeah. you don't, 
But if you don't get English or you don't get geography, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. when, you, when you're yeah. with maths, you just think you're dumb. You know, you just think you're dumb because you don't get it. And, but maths is the kind of thing that if you, like a sport, if you practice and you put put the work in, you actually can get it. You know, you just got to keep trying. It's like you don't pick up a ball and you don't, I don't walk in a boxing gym and know how to throw a punch straight away. Just like you don't do one equation of, of algebra and now you're a genius. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know? And I tell the kids mm-hmm. that, like, you've got to keep at it like anything practice makes perfect and um if you can apply that and they see instant success in math because you either get it wrong or you get it right and when you start getting it it's like wow like i'm smart like i'm getting this this is good and i love seeing that with my kids you know and um and that's why it's so rewarding for me mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. great oh, they <laughs> Sorry, so passionate they about my teaching. You. <laughs> so passionate. No, they, they must love you so, I, Ebony, yeah. I have one last question, and I want to ask you about what you think about pros in the Olympics, but I want to tell you what happened today. So, um, okay, there was so an international an international um, amateur event and in Spain, and one of our USA, um, she's, she's a frontrunner for, for the gold in 2021, and today she fought uh, the pro uh, Miam, uh, Hamadouche from France, and Hamadouche yep. won, you know, and oh, she signed my back like button. Hamadouche, Hamadouche. Like, yeah, Maeva. Okay, wow. So she, wow. Defied, okay, defeated yeah. our, she defeated our star amateur by decision. I want to know your thoughts on that. What do you think? I'm so against the pros and the amateurs. Like, why? You, why? I don't get it. I don't know. Like I, like, I feel like, okay, each to their own. But, I mean, it's so, it's, you've, like, have you not been there? Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's, it's very different, you know, the, the punch, the, everything, the style is different as well. Um, and that, yeah, I just, I don't believe it that he did that. But, yeah, when I first heard about the Olympics, the, as opposed to the Olympics, I thought, what the hell? And I can't remember, it was someone from the UK, I can't remember who it was, might have been Amir Khan, but don't quote me on it, saying that, or someone wanting to go back and doing the Olympics because they never got into it or something. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree. Um, yeah. I don't understand it. And I don't understand it. You know, I like know. the way the pros sit on their punches, especially the, even the males, you know, like like the girls, like the power, you know, the way you sit on your punches for the boxing. Like, and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful because you're a pro. There's plenty of pros out there where there's a lot of amateurs that are better. Plenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um mm-hmm. And it, and it is, it's a different, it's, it's, it's almost like a different sport. You know, we've seen that with, uh, was it Pierre Soon? You know, like it's, it, it, it is different. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I, I can't really, I have nothing else to really say about it. I know, yeah, I, I know. It's kind of no words, right? It just blows my mind. Yeah, well, I can't believe that that, that like, Hamanusha, how are you saying? I can't believe, didn't she just get, did she just get signed or is she, is she supposed to be fighting? Yeah, someone? she got signed to Matchroom. <laughs> what the hell? Like, how do you get signed to Matchroom and then go fight an amateur? I don't know. Like, what, what are you trying to claim? Like, what do you want to do? It's like, it's like, it's like going in the, like, the, I don't know what it's called, like, Little League. And, like, it's like an exactly. NFL superstar going into, like, high school, like, the NFL and just like running rings around people. I don't like. <laughs> like, is it, because, is it is it because like you just want to feel good about yourself, like and, and beat up the, the little kids? Like, I don't know. I don't know who who she beat. I don't know about the amateur that she beat, so I wouldn't know. But I just that's how well, I that's how I view it. 
Well, then we have more in common than us just being five feet tall. So we agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like there's not many people that would agree on it except for these fighters that are just like, oh, I'm going to go, yeah. like, bash up an amateur. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want to do it. Hell no. I freaking hate that headgear. I couldn't wait to get that headgear off and I want to knock people out. <laughs> I, wanna I know. All right, like Ebony. That. Ebony, it was so great talking to you. And I'm going to pass you Thanks. to um, Talisa. It was great. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, bye. See ya. Bye. Hello, Ebony. How are you doing today? Good. You got, you got me last. I'm good. Yes, I did. Well, first off, we're going to put aside the fact that you're a Leeds United fan because I'm a Manchester City fan. So we're going to put that aside so we can get through this interview. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, All right. Leeds. Leeds. <laughs> have, you, I, have you watched the, the documentary on Amazon Prime about the, the Leeds? It's, pretty, it's actually a pretty good documentary. If you haven't seen it, and I don't know if you have Amazon down there in Australia, but if you can find I think it's called, uh, I forgot the name of it, but I'm sure you could just search Leeds United on Amazon Prime and, and you'll find it. Um, oh, I haven't watched it, so I will do that. Yeah, it's, it's really, really, really well made. Now, uh, my, first, my first question for you is that you mentioned you're a boxing fan, and it's no doubt that you are because sometimes when we have some fighters here on our show and we ask them who they look up to or what fighters, they really just rattle off the big names, and they don't really go deep like you did with Melissa uh, Hernandez and some of the other fighters you mentioned. Uh, yeah, yeah. So where did, where did that boxing interest start? I mean, did your dad like boxing? Do you have brothers that like boxing? Yeah. Where where did it start? I just, so my parents put me in karate when I was five with my brothers. My brothers quit after like a couple of months and I kept at it. It's just something I love to do. Um, and I was just a tomboy growing up and I just like bashing things and smashing things and punching things. And it was just natural for me to get into boxing. Um, but I'd say it kind of came really um, prominent when I was in my early teens and I had a boyfriend that was a huge fan of Costa Zoo. He even had the Costa Zoo rat mm. tail, you know. And, um, I, yeah, like, seriously, like, who had the rat tail and that. And I would say it probably really started then, you know, so, like, 2000, like, um, you know, watching boxing with, with him and, and, and all that. And But, like I said, you know, like, I always was a fan of, of fight. I used to go down to the video shop to get DVDs or whatever it was back then. <laughs> and, um, and, and like, Hyrule, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Rocky movies and, and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, I was that was it. That's where it started, I'd say. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Are you there, David? Loopy? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, Hello? you kind of... Yeah, you kind of... Can you hear us, Ebony? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Or? Oh, I kind of, yeah, yeah, I kind of like just dipped down a little bit. Okay. Now, I don't oh, know if I, I hear should. You. Okay, now. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I should make more fun of your ex-boyfriend's rat tail or you for being his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Now, hey, a ratties were a thing. <laughs> Back then in Australia, they were big. <laughs> <laughs> if you fought, if you fought, like if you, he was a fighter as well. He was a kickboxer. So if you fought, uh, like you'd have rap sales. You know what I mean? Like you had yeah. to have it. Now, Pretty one much, thing that yeah. I do, one thing that I find interesting, because I follow you on on social media, uh, you know, like everybody yeah. else in the world does, and on your <laughs> on your Instagram bio, you actually mention the name of your trainer, Arnel Barrotillo, which I found really refreshing because not a lot of 
female fighters or fighters in general really give them that much credit. You know, they put them in their videos when they're doing the, yeah. the, the myths and stuff like that. But you're one that actually goes out and gives them credit, say, stating that you're trained by him. How did you hook up with him? And how is your relationship since you mentioned that he doesn't really speak that well of English? Yeah. So, man, he is fucking amazing. Um, I honestly, I cannot give him enough credit. He puts up with so much of my shit. <laughs> like, oh, man. He, um, so I was, like, I had a friend who was into boxing, um, like a good friend of mine um, who, um, when I decided to transition I, uh, from bodybuilding over to boxing, I was like, okay, you know, where should I go? And he said, you should go to this guy because, you know, he's, he'll teach you how to punch. Like, um, he's so technical with punch, you know, punches and all that kind of stuff. And I think you'll really like it there. And um, so I walked in and actually I was actually at a few other gyms before that. I went to a couple of gyms just to check them out. The the coaches didn't take me very serious. Um, still, like, it was like I was the only girl you know, and it was like, are they into women's boxing? Like, no one, a lot of trainers don't want to train women because there's no money in it, you know what I mean? Like, so they, and they just don't, you know, old school still don't think that, you know, women should fight or whatever. And, um, yeah, so I, I was like, I said to my friend, I need a coach that's going to take me seriously. Like, I want to get in there and fight, you know? Um, so, yeah, I linked up with him and um, from day one, he took me seriously, you know, and, ingrained in my head you know like what it takes to be a fighter he's like are you a fighter or a, or a card girl or a box or a bodybuilder what are you you know you can't you know if I ever was like say you're inspiring and you know you're getting tired and you know you're showing you that you're tired he's like what do you he goes he goes hide that emotion you know well you know um you're a fighter um you can't put a time out in, in your in your fight and go, oh, can I have a break? <laughs> like, you know, and, like, the same thing. Like, I've broken my knuckle in training and, and I've hurt myself, but I push through, like, because I've just been – he's just instilled in that, that mindset that you can't stop. Like, in a fight, you can't stop. So you need to build that kind of that mentality that if it's hurting or whatever, like, you just got to keep pushing. And I think that's why I was able to fight through my broken ankle um, in my first fight because – there's no option. You can't quit. You know, like it's, it's a fight. Like you're gonna, you, you know. So um, yeah. He's he's built that. You know, he fought Manny Pacquiao. Like he's he's been around. He was a he was a three times world title contender. You know, mm. IBF. Um, so he's been around. Um, he used to you know always spar across the zoo and all that kind of stuff as well. So um, yeah, he knows his pro boxing. You know, and he's I, I've taken on his name like because his his nickname was Bomber, and um, when I started it. At the gym, um, oh, just look at my battery. Um, at the gym there, it was clear that I had that power and that um, you know, I was hurting people with my with my strength, and um, so I just naturally the boys naturally called me. The boys naturally called me like Queen Bomber, or Blonde Bomber, you know, like a bomber, like a real bomber. So um, that's where I got the name from as well. So yeah, I mean. He's, he's great. He speaks English, but he just doesn't read or write it. <laughs> like, um, and he's got a very heavy accent. And he's, he believes in me and he, you know, anything, he's always giving me, you know, prep talks. So, like, he's, he's, he's family to me. So, um, and I would I'll forever be grateful to him for everything, you know. So I have to give him recognition. And I always do whenever I write, do things, I try my hardest to put him out there. So this is a very exciting moment for us coming up. He's had me from pretty much my first fight to now. 
Now, let's talk about your, your next fight, which obviously is for the WBA Bantamweight title against Rachel Ball. And the difference in, in pro experience is not that far. You have four fights, like you mentioned with Lupe, and she yeah. has seven fights. But the one advantage that I see that it's quite vast for her is her height. She's 5'9", 175 centimeters, to your 5'1", which is 100, 155 centimeters. So with the, with the lack of, of female sparring in, in Australia that you mentioned, what are you going to do in camp to try to figure out what you're going to do with somebody that's so much taller than you and, and more than likely has long, way longer arms than you? Well, I'm sparring 70-kilo guys that are tall. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and I'm just doing that. And um, I'm working with them, and I feel like I can hold my own with those boys. <clears throat> I'm working with them. You know, then um, – and also girls. I've got some girls that I'm sparring, like 75-kilo girls that are the same height. Um, and I'm just working with um, – I'm giving away the weight for the height. Um, but for me personally, I've always been short. I've always been a shorter no matter what. Um and that, that short, that I love tall people. She's actually too tall. You know, I find it a bit harder with people that are just a little bit taller than me, you know, a couple of inches taller than me, but because she's so tall, like, and I'm a body puncher, man. I love body punches. I love uppercuts. You know, like, for me, she's, like, made for me, you know. Um, I love to cut in, like, you know, you watch, you'll see it, like, you know, I, I love to cut in, like, Chavez, I parry in. I, I'm, I'm that kind of style fighter where I come in and I want to sit on the inside and I want to punch. So, I mean, if she can keep her range, good luck. But, I mean, um, I'm, I'm going to, you know, there's only really, I, I can't, there's only one way, I think, to beat this girl. Um, so, I don't see, and I don't see her height being a huge disadvantage. Just because, she, you know, like I said, I'm a body puncher. I'm, I love an overhand. Um, so, and I, I and, and rolling and slipping those girls with the, the punch, you know, those long arms and getting underneath is a lot easier than getting underneath someone that's short, shorter, you know. So we'll see. I don't think I, no. I don't think that's a huge disadvantage. I feel like a, she has a, she has a lot of ring time, which is which is her experience, I think. But I, it means shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. gonna bring it. Now I don't know if you've seen this, but. Eddie Hearn has kind of laid out his plan for the females that he has under his banner in your weight class. Mm. Basically, what he has stated is that he wants to find short uh, uh, Shannon Courtney a title fight, and then if she wins that, obviously becoming a world. Yeah, sorry, I missed that last bit. Hello. From which? Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Hello. Back. Yep. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yep, um, just yes. Just going back, I'm going to repeat the question real quick. I don't know if you see yeah, this, yeah, but yeah, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Hearn has laid out his plan for the Bantamweight title under his banner with the females that he has in on Matchroom Boxing, stating that he would like Shannon Courtney to fight one of the other world champions, and if she wins that, she would like to face her against the winner of you and Rachel Ball. Do you think that Shannon Courtney has what it takes to beat one of the other world champions? No, uh, no. One of the already already world champions, as in Mariana Juarez and 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 Daniela Bermudez. Yeah, or do you and mean top rank? Maria, 
No, the the, the, the the three of the champions are Mariana Juarez, Maria and Roman other, from and, Argentina. And the other yeah, the other belt. Yeah, Do no. you think that she has what it takes to beat one of those girls? No, oh, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, even 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 me, like, I mean, it would be a tough fight, like, you know, like those girls. Are, I've looked up to Barbie or as in, and 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 Danielle Bermudez for years, like. That's that's it. That's, it's a big ask for for mm-hmm. uh, for Shannon. Definitely a big ask. Um, you know, but good on her if she gets the shot, man. I mean, to get in there and to fight with those girls, it would be amazing. She'll gain a world of experience to win. God, I don't know. She's gonna have. I don't know. <laughs> Might have no. to see about them judges' scorecards, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't. Know. <laughs> I didn't know. That. Last... I, I thought that he would. I would assume that he would get her to fight. A ten rounder for like a an, like an interim title or something against someone else that she probably beat. That's what I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's trying to do some quick unifications with with all you women. But my last question for you is, you know, obviously it, you've developed quite a following in the UK and also in the United States. Australia is not too open for female boxing right now. I've seen you kind of hint at it that you may be. <laughs> willing to move out of Australia to pursue your boxing career. Is that something that you're serious about? And if so, when would you be looking to make that move and to where? Um, like full-time, probably not. Like it's not really in my thing. If, you know, if I can get away with just coming out for camp, that would be more ideal for me. You know, I have family, I have a boyfriend here, you know, that, that won't go. Um, you know, which makes it hard. Um, so it would be hard um, and it would be definitely something that would have to be talked about in more depth. Um, so I just go, I would go um, where the money is, <laughs> you know. Um, that's what it's about, you know, and and, um, and where the good sparring, you know, it's both good sparring and in both US and the UK. But if I'm... <clears throat> For example, if I become more of a household name in the UK, they're, they're so big on their on their women's boxing at the moment, much bigger than America. You guys are in America, you know the women still struggle in America, you know. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think the UK is definitely better set up for for women's boxing. Perfect. Well, Ebony, we want to thank you for being here with us and 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 giving us so much of your time. And uh, hopefully it's not the last time or the first the last time that we have you on the show. It's the first time, and hopefully it's not the last. And we wish you all the luck on your fight next month. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate having you on, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm um, hoping you, you enjoyed you, it. Man. And um, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to chatting again. All right. Yeah. Good luck, okay. and have a have a great day. Thank you. Take care. Ciao. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, Miss Ebony Bridges, the Australian blonde bomber who will. Next month, we'll be taking on Rachel Ball for the vacant WBA super lightweight title. And quite interesting. I mean, she gave us a lot of interesting uh, tidbits. Uh, she's a big boxing fan, so much so that, you know, she found her way into a gym and, and only has been boxing for about four years. And with only four fights in, in her fifth fight, she might become a, a world champion. Um, so we'll see what happens in that fight. Uh, any any uh, takeaways from uh, from you, David? Uh, she's actually very knowledgeable. I mean, if it came to knowledge, she'd be right up in the top three. 
Yeah. Very knowledgeable. Yeah. She knows her stuff. Well, she and Mark and Mark um, Jones is right. She'll be a superstar. She wins that fight. Yeah, because I mean, if she wins that fight, she becomes the world champion. So she proves that she has the um, the skills. She she obviously has the look and she has the charisma and the personality to become a a superstar. Now I don't know if she could become a superstar in Australia and she may have to make a move somewhere like the UK where where it might be a little bit more open to female boxing so that she could become a superstar. Um, but, you know, she said that that's something that, that um, that's in the future. Now, if she wins that fight, like she said it, even for her, taking on one of the other champions might be a little bit of too much of an ask uh, with, yeah. with only four or five fights. So we'll see what um, Eddie Hearn and, 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 uh, and her management team, which also includes Brian Cohen, see what they decide to do to do there but let's move on to a little bit of fight chatter because we only have about 20 minutes left on the show in a social media post promoter Lou DiBella revealed he tried to make a unification bout between featherweight champion Jelena Maranovic and Amanda Serrano but the Canadians passed on the fight Maranovic responded to the post with and I quote I would love to to this year and is my coach who had a heart attack and is not recovering anytime soon, was around, I would do it tomorrow. However, I need time to formulate a new team. Once that is set, it's on. Don't you worry. This fight will happen. David, this is a fight that we have been wanting and hoping for for as long as this show, as long as this show <laughs> has been um, uh, on the air. You know, do you really think it would happen maybe by 2021? And if so, do you think it's past its expiration date? Uh, you might have a, a point there. You know, it might be past. Uh, uh, as good as Jelena is, and we know she's good. She's been around a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing is, she hasn't fought enough. Fans don't know who she is. Not outside of Canada. I mean, she's a great fighter, but I think she's just, she fans don't know who she is. So the the hoopla is not there, not there anymore. And and also I believe that uh, that that she hasn't fought in a while, so she might have some ring rust. And to go into that fight directly with Amanda Serrano, that'd be a little bit too much of an ask, Loopy. Oh, for her to get in the ring with Amanda? Well, if she doesn't take a fight in between, because she hasn't fought in a while. I mean. When's the last yeah. time that um, uh, Jelena Baranovich fought? Yeah. Well, yeah, nobody has as well. But, yeah. You know. you know, the last time she fought, she fought that girl with the pink hair. You know, that girl, it was a mismatch. So, mm-hmm. I, to me, does she, does Jelena want to fight? I mean, does she really want to fight? She's always said that she wanted it. She mentioned it on this post that she did. Mm-hmm. Now, there is. We've heard, we've heard the stories that she outpriced herself a couple years ago. Actually, remember, mm-hmm. David, that that fight that happened on Showtime Extreme some years ago, I think it was 2017, when yeah. Amanda Serrano fought Jasmine Rivas on Showtime Extreme. I I personally credit that fight and the one right before it, which was, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Heather Hardy against Shelly Vincent, what kind of like mm-hmm. started this new wave of, of female boxing on television because from those Showtime 
cards. Then we got Golden Boy on ESPN with Marlene Esparza. And then it started snowballing to more Showtime and then The Zone and more ESPN. So that was the fight that originally was was wanted on uh, on uh, on Showtime. But she passed on it, and Amanda Serrano ended up fighting Jasmine Rivas. So let's see if it happens, and hopefully it happens soon, because I don't believe that that uh, Miranovic, because I think she's like in her late 30s, um, has enough uh, time left in her in her in her career. I mean, I just don't know. Uh, moving on, it was announced last week a mega fight card in England program for Saturday, November 14th. It's, it's going to be live on the Zone. In the main event, the undefeated, unified, and undisputed lightweight champion Katie Taylor will defend her titles against mandatory challenger Miriam Gonzalez of Spain. WBC Super Featherweight champion Terry Harper will defend her title against undefeated Katharina Tanders and Ebony Bridges. Ebony Bridges, our, our guest, will face Rachel Bob Bell. Is it Bell or Bob? I think Bob. Yeah, Bob for the vacant WBA Bantamweight title. So we've heard the rumors. Luther Bella came on the show some time ago and mentioned that he was working on something, an all-female card on Showtime, but that fell to the wayside because the Bella got into some trouble with Showtime. Um, and the one that's going to pull it off is Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing. I mean, he's put on female fights before, but this is the first time that I think he puts on three fights on the same card, David. What, what do you think of this? And, and um, do, you see that, do you see it as, you know, like a new dawn, like a new era that we might be able to see this even more often than, than we expect? Well, well uh, it's happened many times before. But, but the, on TV? But the, the, the difference is, yeah, the di- well, it was on TV too. But the difference is the pay. They're getting a lot more money than... <laughs> I mean, one girl in one of those fights is getting as much as all the girls were in the entire card before put together. It, so the money is there. I mean, it's way, it's a hundred times more than what the girls were getting in all female shows before. I'm talking about shows in 2005 where I saw in Laughlin where somebody like uh, Baby Doll Reed fought against uh, Alicia Ashley, and they got pittance. Uh, they got almost nothing. And what, so what, these, what network was that on? Uh, it was some small network. I forget. And I also saw a similar show like that with uh, Holly Holm, uh, Chevelle Holdback that took place on Fox wow. here at the Pachanga. And there were, there was like three or four female fights. And they, they've had those fights, but and they were televised. But the money factor is much bigger here on the Dizone yeah, card. There was no social media back then. Social media mm-hmm. is everything right now. Well, they had social media, but it wasn't like now. Hmm. Yeah. It was not, there was there was no big. They had Facebook, but they didn't have Twitter, uh, things like mm-hmm. that, or Instagram. Yeah. 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 Well, it's pretty. So it's amazing now. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, and hopefully it's successful. I'm sure it's going to be successful. It's going to be on The Zone. It's going to be on a Saturday night, yeah. I believe. So, It'll um, be really successful. It'll be so successful because Katie Taylor's fighting her mandatory. No one can say anything about that. Um, Terry Harper against Katharina Sanders, who just is off a win. And then we could see if Terry Harper was – yeah, because then we could see if Terry Harper, was she a fluke when she won that championship or what? You know, that's exciting. 
and Ebony Bridge is a close friend, of course, with Rachel Bell off that fight. That's exciting, too. It's a, do, even if there is, I mean, with all the guys on the card, this is an incredible card. I mean, just with what what we learned from today and everything is that is that that Ebony Bridges fight against Rachel Ball might be the most competitive one of that mm-hmm. night. You know, Harper yeah. and Thunders too, but I think that Ebony Bridges against Rachel Ball just because of the experience and what we're gonna see yeah. um, is gonna be the yeah. most competitive, probably the most action packed, David. I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. toss aside the uh, Sanders and uh, Harper, too. Harper. I think uh, those two are going to yeah. be, they're going to be yeah. Gums, yeah. guns blazing. Yeah. yeah. I really want to see yeah. if Bridges, because, I mean, that difference between the height and I'm sure the, the, the reach, I mean, the height is eight inches <laughs> different. I mean, I mean, Bob's going to look like her mom, you know, like her, like her mom inside, yeah. like, like inside the, so I really, really want to see if Ebony Bridges can get on the inside and go to that body because if she's able to do that, like she says she will on this interview, then that fight's gonna be very, very exciting. And from what we saw from Rachel Buck and Shannon Courtney, it was exciting. Right. So, so yeah, let's see. I can't wait. It's about a yeah. month away, so I can't wait for that uh, for that fight card on the zone. Teddy Taylor, obviously the main event. And the next part, and I wanted to get your opinion because we got her opinion, but the plan of Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing attempting to get a title fight for Shannon Courtney in late November, so it will be after this November 14th uh, all-female fight card. And with the Courtney win, Hearn would like to face her against the winner of Bridges and Boss. Already yeah. mentioned the WBC champion is Mariana Juarez. I think she's looking for bigger fish to fry us personally, Mariana Juarez. Yeah. Unless they offer like really good money to go fight in the UK. Right. Maria Cecilia Roman, who is the IBF champion, I think that's the best candidate to take on this fight. Unless they offer a lot of money to Daniela Bermudez as well. Or maybe Daniela Bermudez just wants to take a trip to UK and Make some quick money knocking out Shannon Courtney because that's exactly what is going to happen. So, Lucy, starting with you, do you think Shannon Courtney has has the opportunity to win the world title at 118 so that she could try to unify against the winner of Bridges and Ball? And I, I don't. I mean, I don't really, but maybe. I mean, I mean, I don't see it. I yeah see no, but you know what I do know is that um, Barbie, I mean either one of those two um, boxers they pay money to bring them over there. Eddie will because they're beautiful they're beautiful Latinas and great fighters as well. I, but if Eddie Hearn David Eddie Hearn is confident enough, I mean to get Barbie over there you gotta pay her six figures. I mean over a hundred thousand dollars. And if he's confident oh, enough yeah. that Shannon Courtney can beat. Barbie Juarez to pay <laughs> six no figures, then all the power to him, and I want to see that fight. <laughs> if he thinks that Courtney is confident, is good enough to beat Barbie Juarez and pay the six figures to get her over there. Now, for Bermudez and Roman, I'm sure he could pay way less, but I'd rather pay the 100000 against Juarez than pay 50000 to get Bermudez, because Bermudez is a sure knockout, David. What's your opinion? Well, um, I don't know if they, they're going to have the budget for that because uh, from what I hear, they're paying Katie a million dollars now. Wow. Fight. So already, there goes a million dollars. 
and you're not even paying the rest of the fighters. So I don't know wow. if they can afford that. I I really don't know. After spending all that money on the 14th, you don't know if they have the money to spend a uh, hundred grand on the end of November. Unless they Eddie cut, has. you know, a million bucks is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta remember. Yeah. Well, you gotta remember too that you gotta remember too that the zone has. A, they might have a little bit of a surplus on the war chest because they're not paying that 35 million to Canelo this year. So they 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 budgeted for that thirty five or at least seventy. They budgeted seventy million dollars for twenty twenty, you know, because they expected Canelo to fight twice. Because these big corporations, these big companies, they set up their budget last year. And last year we didn't know COVID was coming, and we didn't know that they were gonna get into this beef with Canelo. So they got they got a budget of seventy million less expensive on the German soccer league which they bought the, the transmission rights not too long ago, and they spent that extra money for that. But they've got to be, have a little bit of extra money as far as the zone is concerned to well, maybe make well, this kind of fight. Well, there's probably a reason why Canelo is suing everybody, because they're, they're trying to reduce that fee because they can't pay it. Yeah. Well, that that could, be a, that could be a good point as well. Now, finally, in the, in the fight chatter today, and we touched on it as well with the interview with Ebony Bridges. Today at an amateur tournament in Spain, IBF super featherweight champion Haiva Hamadouche defeated American Rashida Ellis, knocking her out of the tournament. There's no mm-hmm. secret that Hamadouche yeah. is looking to represent her country of France in the Olympics that should be held next year. There have been other professional female fighters that have also looked to represent their company, I mean, their, their country mentioning um, Erika Farias of Argentina and Jessica Tutti Bob of Argentina. We already, Lupi already gave her opinion. Obviously, she's not for it. David, what is your what are your thoughts about a world champion fighting uh, an amateur? I think it's embarrassing, and it's also dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're okay. professional fighters. The other girls are amateurs. Uh, mm-hmm. The professionals are licensed to fight. The amateurs are not. Uh, may, you know, what if something happens, uh, mm-hmm. God forbid, somebody dies? What do yeah. you do? Can you sue for, for, for allowing it? I think that's a big mistake, mm-hmm. uh, and it's embarrassing for a pro fighter to go down and fight amateurs. It's just embarrassing. That, I mean, why, why, isn't Clarence, why aren't the American girls doing it? Because they know it's wrong. They, yeah. I have to Did give it to the Americans in that part. Did you get the, guys get to see it? Because I pushed it to you. Did you get a chance? I didn't get a chance to see it yet. Um, you know, Rashida, Rashida lost, and she did lose. And it just was like she never she never got in a groove. Um, Hamadouche's one-twos, they were beautiful as usual. But it's like she never could – it's like she stumbled through it. It wasn't, you know, not fair. Not fair. I, I, I lean more towards the danger factor of it because Hamadouche yeah. obviously has all that experience and she knows how to take yeah. a punch and, and she has the experience. She feels comfortable inside the ring and, and, and Rashida Ellis, she might have, I don't know her amateur pedigree. She might have an extensive one, but She's I don't believe her. She's got an amazing amateur pedigree. But I don't believe her, 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 com- her comfort level inside the ring is, could be equitable to Hamadouche who, has been inside the ring without headgear and with smaller gloves. So I lean more 21, towards... 21-1 and 17 knockouts. 
Yeah, I, mean, I lean more towards the danger factor of that somebody can get hurt. Yeah. And yeah. it is a combat sport, but it's not a new thing in the Olympics where they allow professionals to to um, to participate, which I think is wrong in whatever sport is being uh, uh, contested, whether it be basketball, whether it be soccer, whether it be baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, in those sports, you're not hitting somebody in the face, but, yeah. you know, they allow professionals and the dream team in basketball – took over. I mean, there was no contest and baseball and, and soccer, the countries that are strong in soccer. So I believe that, that the Olympics should be an all-around amateur uh, uh, event, that it should be all amateurs, you know, and that you shouldn't allow professionals in any of the sports. You know, that's how I believe, but more so in boxing. Not so much because, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfair or everything because if you want to be the best, you got to be the best. You got to beat the best. Yeah. But I, but, I, but I, I lean more towards the danger aspect because unlike basketball or baseball, you're actually hitting somebody in the face here, which can cause a lot of damage. And that's what I don't think it's fair. I mean, I don't think it's right. But as far as like, yeah. oh, it's not fair. I don't think it's fair has nothing to do with it because, because you want to be the Olympics is about being the best at that sport in the world, you know, but it should be amateur. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And you're right. It is a safety first, but then underneath that, you're right. It's the amateurs. I mean, she already, she's a pro with all these five, 17 knockouts. She's just signed to the best, best matching boxing, you know, and you, you, it's the health aside, the safety, which is totally number one. You're like, living, you already did your thing, now you're ripping some young girl's dream because you want to go back and do, that's what I get really mad at. It's like but that, how David that, said about the Vada testing, this is mine. Yeah. I, and I I understand it, Lupe, but I don't agree with it because at the end of the day, they're competitors and they want to prove that they're the best. Now, I don't necessarily agree that 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 she should do it in this event because my prim, my priority feeling of it is that it should be amateur. So I I not only think that they should take out the boxers out of the the professional boxers out of the Olympics, I also feel that they should take out the basketball players, the baseball players, the soccer players. The golfers. That you know, anybody that's a pro anybody that's a professional that gets paid money to yeah. participate yeah. in that sport should not be in the Olympics. You know? I agree. I agree. And, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I agree too. So uh so, yeah and, so let's move on uh, to the upcoming calendar. We actually only have three minutes, so let's move on. There's not that many fights. Saturday, October 17th in Germany, Emma Kozin goes against Chris Namus in a 10-rounder for the interim WBC 160-pound title. And Jessica Shadko goes against Caitlin Fellin in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC youth title at welterweight. And on the zone the same night on October 17th, which is a week from this Saturday, Savannah Marshall faces Anna Rankin in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBO middleweight title. So that's a barn burner of a fight. Here we're going to see if Savannah Marshall is all talk and no bite because if she cannot get past Anna Rankin, then she should stop mentioning Clarissa Shields because, because there's no way that she can compete with her. Now, she beats Anna Rankin, who is a tough fighter, but has been beaten by some names before, including... Clarissa Shields, then, you know, she took the first step, and now she can keep building 
that campaign to face Clarissa Shields. But if she doesn't and she beat, gets beaten by ranking, Clarissa Shields should never come out of her mouth, David. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. This is a litmus, a litmus test for uh, Savannah Marshall. Lupe, do you feel the same? I feel the same. <laughs> Well, there you have it, yeah, folks. This is good. Go ahead. It's exciting, though, because it's, it's another exciting fight that I really otherwise wouldn't. People would say, oh, it's kind of boring. Mm, it's not that boring. A lot of people are saying that Anna Rankin is going to beat Savannah Marshall. So, um, I know. We're gonna see. A lot of people are on social media saying that Anna Rankin has what it takes. So this is Savannah Marshall's opportunity to prove all those people wrong and to prove yeah. that her – her win over Clarissa Shields in the in that world uh, tournament in the amateurs was not a fluke. So she has October 17th to prove it, and she's going to become a world champion if she does. So our next show is scheduled and for October 22nd. Then she can play her bassoon right after. Anna Rankin? If she, I don't think Anna yeah, Rankin is going to want to play her bassoon if she loses. She's not. But if she wins, she will. <laughs> Uh, our next show is scheduled for October 22nd. We're going to talk about that big fight coming up on October 31st or October 30th, actually, between uh, Marlene Esparza and Sulem Urbina on the zone. It's going to be a big fight and everything else that's coming up. So Cute. with that said, uh, from Ms. Lupi Gutierrez and Mr. David Avila, we bid you good night. Bye. Good night, all.